As you can see, I have a little helper who's going to preach with me this morning. His name is James, and he's going to stand by and do a really good job of hopefully keeping you guys awake. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning because I haven't asked you to stand too much this morning. My text this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 19. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are of all people most to be pitied. Let us pray. Living Jesus, on this day, this Resurrection Sunday morning, may every word of my mouth be a thought from your spirit. May the empty tomb stand as a reminder of the ways in which you take us, dead and empty in our sins, and transform us into living, breathing masterpieces of your grace and mercy. In your precious holy name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. He is risen. If it weren't for the truth of the resurrection, I wouldn't be here. Neither would you, for that matter, in all likelihood. 
Considering that if it were not for the particular miracle of Easter morning, Paul would be remembered as Saul, if he was remembered at all, a good Jewish rabbi who kicked those pesky Christ-following weirdos to the curb back in the day. Because without the resurrection, Christ... So let me go back. Because without the resurrection... Christ followers are stupid. Without the resurrection, Christ followers about what we do here. Worship is foolishness. It's silly. We may as well join a country club for all that matters. Because without a risen Christ, what do we celebrate? The death of another rebellious Jew in the age of the Roman Empire? Whoop-de-doo. Probably not. I mean, I don't know the names of too many other rabble-rousers from that period, do you? And anyway, why would it matter? Because he said nice things? I mean, really, without the resurrection, most of what Jesus said is strange. Many of his followers at the time thought so. And they quit following before the crucifixion because of it. He said he wanted his followers to eat his body and drink his blood. What the heck is that? It's just not normal. He told us to be nice and love our neighbors. That's great. But he also told us that he was doing his father's work meaning God. He said that we shouldn't worry, that we should live peaceably, and that the Holy Spirit, a comforter, was going to come. Without the resurrection, all of that is nonsense. He said he was going to die, but he also promised that he was going to be resurrected. So if he wasn't, if he hadn't been, Everything else he said and did and was about becomes crazy talk from a guy who died a really horrible death. James, Jesus' very own brother, certainly seems to lend himself to the conclusion that the resurrection mattered. You see, James, like many, a younger brother, wasn't a big fan of his big brother, Jesus. While he was alive and doing his earthly ministry, James was a very vocal critic. James called him out. He went with his brothers and tried to get Jesus to slow his roll, to stop being ridiculous. What would dad have thought, James said? What are you doing? What is happening? And then the crucifixion happens. And we know James was not among the disciples because Paul specifically says that he was appeared to separately from the other disciples. James had gone home. James was done. Now my stupid brother just got himself killed. 
That's what James was doing. And then, the resurrected disappears to him specifically. And I don't know what they talked about, because that's not recorded. But we know that James became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. That James writes an epistle in the New Testament that talks about faith without works being dead. And asking the Lord for wisdom because we know that the Lord will give it to us. And oh, by the way, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. James wrote that because he knew the resurrection was true. Without the resurrection, James is barely even a footnote in the historical record of mankind. Paul calls the resurrection the gospel, the good news. And that is what it is. The resurrection of Christ portends all of our resurrection hopes. It is the hope of every Christian in the world today. The hope of eternal life. The hope of a perfect body. Celebrating the God who made us forever. The resurrection is what defeats death. The resurrection is what destroys sin. The resurrection is what redeems and restores and rescues us. Without the resurrection, there is no good news. Without the resurrection, we are fools. Without the resurrection, none of this matters. But there were hundreds who saw him. And when Paul originally wrote this letter to the Corinthians, in addition to himself, whom they already knew, those hundreds and many of the apostles, they were all still alive. Those were people who could read this letter and say, well, let me go see what James has to say about this. And they could take a journey and go and visit with them and hear it directly from him. Because when, Jesus, when Paul wrote this letter, it wasn't as though the people who had known Jesus were gone. The people who had seen him after the resurrection weren't all dead. Some of them were. But they were available as witnesses. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't go around telling other people that you can go and talk to Johnny if Johnny doesn't know what I'm talking about. Paul's like, go talk to him. You don't believe me? Fine, go talk to the others who actually saw him. When a police officer goes out and takes an investigative report for some kind of event that happens, he likes to have more than one witness. Because that means he has more than one person who can relate the story, who can tell us, what actually happened for those who weren't there. Paul says to the church in Corinth, I can give you witnesses. I can point you to the people who were really there, who were actually there, who actually touched the risen Jesus. Now we can't talk to them, obviously. But, The fact that we continue to have this conversation 
The fact that we're reading Paul's words about it, that's pretty miraculous stuff already. And then on top of it, we kind of have this long chain of people in our past. And you can tell that they've had an encounter with the risen Christ. And that's the good news of the resurrection. Paul's story of encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus, it's one he tells over and over. He tells it often in his letters. A reminder that he was one thing. He was a terrorist to put not too fine a point on it. He was going around rounding up people and sending them to their deaths or killing them himself for the express purpose of stomping out Christianity. And then he's on his way to do it again in another place, and he meets Jesus. And meeting Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, changed him from the inside out. And that's the good news of the resurrection. The resurrected Jesus, the one who Paul met, the one that came to hundreds of witnesses, the one that G James saw, that one is still the living Jesus we can encounter today. Let's don't forget, Jesus is alive and at work right here, right now, today. We sang, I serve a living Savior, he's in the world today, as part of our service. And we did so because that resurrection, that livingness of Jesus, is the most vital and important part of our faith. I had a pastor who used to say, without the resurrection, I wouldn't be a pastor. I wouldn't be a Christian. If there was no resurrection, if I couldn't, if somebody came and said the resurrection was completely false today, I'd stop being a Christian immediately. But the reality is this. That's not going to happen. And the fact that we've gotten to this point with the reality of a living Jesus That miracle carries us forward. And without that miracle, Jesus is just the Jesus of the cross. Maybe there's a museum at the famous tomb, and we go and we look at his remains. The Jesus long forgotten by a world that's moved on from silly men with weird ideas of faith and life. That Jesus, that still dead Jesus, would be a broken promise, a symbol of a faithless God. Oh, but thanks be to God. Amen. We do not serve an unresurrected king, but a living Jesus. Amen. A Jesus who remains both fully God and fully man. A Jesus who sits next to God and intercedes for us. He knows our names. He leans over and he says, Papa, you see that one? You see what they're going through? 
I'm with them today, but let's work in their lives. A Jesus who sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to love both God and our neighbor. A resurrected Jesus who offers us not only the beauty of a grace-filled now life, but the hope of an eternal one spent in his presence, thanking him for that grace. This morning, as we receive communion, we do so to remember that the road to the resurrection was paved with suffering, that it necessarily leads through a cross on Golgotha's hill, but it did not end there. It could not have ended there. It did not end there, or we would not be here. That's good news. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.